light of infinite. This Torah shall not be removed from your mouth. Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that even if a person just recites the Shema in the morning and the evening, they fulfill the mitzvah of not removing the Torah from one's mouth. The lesson is that if you fall short of your goal, you have to focus on the good that you have done because each person is only expected to do as much as they can given where they're starting from. If they do that, it's as if the person has fulfilled all of the Torah. I remember learning the power of the Shema as a little kid. It felt like I was in the world of Harry Potter and someone had clued me into the patroness charm. So if I put myself into a deep enough spiritual space, I would be able to conjure up protective power. The Shema was a way to channel Hashem's oneness into the world. I could say it and manifest magic in my own life. It was a pathway from the natural world I was in as a kid to the supernatural world that my kid mind dreamt up. Growing up as a Yemenite Jew, I learned to form my hand into a shin, the first letter of the Shema, by placing my thumb and pinky together, leaving my index, middle, and ring finger upright. Once I had this formation, I would close my eyes and place my pinky on my left eye and my thumb on my right. As I got to the last word of the Shema, Echad, I would bring all the fingers together, forming one unit, a sort of Dalit, the last letter of Echad. Then I would kiss my fingers and raise them to the heavens. It was a powerful ritual, one of connection and transcendence. The Shema is the climactic prayer, praise, and mantra that centers us in the morning and in the evening. It's been at the center of Judaism and the lives of Jews since Moshe said these words to the children of Israel in the desert thousands of years ago. It took on new levels of meaning when the formal tefillah replaced the sacrifices after the second Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, was destroyed by the Romans in 70 CE. It is the climactic and the final Ne'ila prayer on Yom Kippur and oftentimes a person's last words on earth. The Shema has been echoing throughout Jewish generations for millennia, and its Kabbalistic powers potent with the preservation of a nation that introduced monotheism into the world. This sentence spells out the oneness behind and within all of creation. In this week's parashah of Vayet Hanan, we read the Shema, which goes a little something like this. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, Ve'afta et Adonai Elohecha v'chol Elohecha v'chol Nafshecha v'chol Moadecha. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. The Zohar teaches that affirming Hashem, Adonai, and Elohim, the center of the Shema, is the general principle of all the written and oral Torah and the foundation of all the mitzvot, the commandments. The Mitzvah Rebbe, Dov Ber, elaborates that all of the Torah and mitzvot are included in the unity of the Holy One, Blessed Be He, and His presence in the world, which are the two names, Hashem and His title, Elohim. Hashem, the Havaya, the Tetragrammaton, is Kulo Chesed, full of kindness. Adon means master or ruler. Adonai means my master. While Elohim signifies Hashem's attribute of judgment. The word Hashem literally means the name and is a placeholder for the Havaya, that is, it was pronounced back when the temple stood. The name itself is actually a combination of three words. Haya, past, Hoveh, present, and Yihiyeh, future. Chazal, our sages teach that this name describes God as a power that transcends the boundaries of time. From Hashem's perspective, past, present, and future are experienced all at once because Hashem is, of course, beyond the limitations of time. The Shema is a meditation manifested from this concept, revealing the reality that Hashem is beyond the boundaries of nature, including time. Each time we recite this verse in prayer, we say in an undertone, Baruch Shem Kavod Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. These two verses, Shema and Baruch Shem, are called the upper unity and the lower unity. And the Zohar teaches that these two aspects of Hashem's unity are paradoxically beyond the world while simultaneously filling the world. 
The first word, Shema Yisrael, are the key concept prior to going into the permutation of Hashem's name. Shema means hear or understand, as it's introducing a reflection, a meditation. The word Yisrael is the second name given to Yaakov. Chazal teaches that the two names, Yaakov and Yisrael, represent two different spiritual levels. The name Yaakov, derived from the word heel, describes a state of constriction imposed by the outside world. Yisrael is made up of the words master and head and represents the mindset of being masters of our own environments, learning to not be led or controlled by them. The Sfirot and Kabbalah teach us about the upper and lower worlds of existence, but they also represent a person's existence, each aspect of the Sfirot correlating a physical element to a spiritual one. The words Shema Yisrael are meant as a reflection on rising to the level of Yisrael, from heel to head, Kabbalistically from Malchut to Keter. Each time we say these words, we are reminding ourselves that we do not have to be a product or victim of our environment. We can control and rise above nature by connecting to the supernatural, the light of infinite. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches that the Shema and Baruch Shem contain a total of 12 words, paralleling the 12 tribes of Israel, parallel Malchut of holiness. The 12 words contain 49 letters, which parallel 49 letters in the name of the 12 tribes. When you recite these verses with all your heart and soul, you include yourself in the Malchut of Holiness and push away the Sitra Achra, the other side, the side of impurity, which attempts to distance each of us from holiness. Further in the Shema, it touches on the matters of the heart. As we cover in Parshat Shlach, where the second paragraph of the Shema originates, we read again about one's heart finding strength in servitude. We also learn here about Tzitzit, which many Jews kiss as they recite the Shema. It reads as follows, Speak to the Israelites and have them make tassels on the corners of their garments for all generations. And when you see them, you shall remember all of God's commandments as to keep them. You will then not stray after your hearts and eyes, which in the past have led you to immorality. In the verse above and in the Shema, you may have noticed when it says heart, in Hebrew, levavchem, it actually is plural, hearts. Each person has two conflicting inclinations, which the two hearts in this verse allude to. We all have the Yetzer Tov, our godly soul, that wants to connect to the light of the infinite. And on the other hand, we have the Yetzer Hara, our animal soul, the part that is tied to the physical, that's connected to the finite, that wants to immerse itself in the pleasures of this world. The word Levavcha, your heart, is also spelled with two vet instead of one, signifying our two inclinations, and teaching that both should be used in the service of Hashem, subduing the urges of the evil inclination and following the desires of the good inclination, bringing peace between the two forces. The Hebrew word for world is olam, which etymologically is related to the word he'elem, meaning concealment. Our bodies in the Sitra Achra find pleasures in conquering this world, but our Yetzir Tov reaches beyond this world of concealment and only wants to unify with the truth, to elevate the concealing darkness by revealing the light within it. Rabbi Chaim Vital, who wrote Shara HaKadusha, teaches that every Jew possesses two souls, as it says in Isaiah, and the Nishamot, the souls which I have made. The Tanya teaches that one soul originates from the Klipa, the shell or peel, just as a peel conceals the fruit, Hashem conceals the godly life force within the shell of everything in creation. The other soul originates from the Sitra Achra, the side of the creation that opposes holiness. Our task is to unify our hearts and souls to serve Hashem with both our Yetzir Tov and our Yetzir Hara, to make our animal soul subservient to our godly soul. As we walk through life, we have the choice which soul we can tap into. For example, our animal soul can use sex to try and satiate lust, or our godly soul can use it to connect and partner with Hashem, ultimately emulating Hashem by creating life itself. We can eat food in a similar fashion to other creatures, or we can elevate the food by meditating on it, saying a blessing on it, and realizing how incredible it is to be able to have what we need, using the strength that the food gives us to continuously connect and learn and inspire others. 
all to bring light and truth into this olam, pushing away he'elem bit by bit. Eshma is a moment to pause during the rest of the tefillah and prior to Shemona Esrei, the 18 benedictions of the Amidah, to really connect to Hashem on the level of Dvekut, an intimate closeness. The root of Dvekut is Devik, which means glue. So the idea is to adhere oneself like glue to Hashem and not his attributes, which are only his titles in relation to the world. Normally we relate to these other attributes because they are how we can attempt to grasp Hashem as we go about our daily activities. But at the moment of Shema, we are trying to get as closely as possible to the ineffable existence of Hashem. The Mitzvah Rebbe teaches that if each person sets their heart, their spirit, and their soul to Him, Hashem, they will be able to gather onto Him through total investment of His soul into the oneness of Hashem. As the Zohar describes, by doing this, a spirit awakens and a spirit draws forth a spirit. If a person puts their entire heart and soul into reciting the Shema, then they will radiate a new light during the Shemona Esrei. The Shema is a moment to get lost in love, but on a level greater than Ava love, on this level of Dveikut clinging to Hashem. Rabbi Nachman teaches that the mitzvah of loving Hashem is the root of all the positive mitzvot. Because when a person acts honestly out of that love, it causes Hashem's name to be beloved and bring out the desire to fulfill all of the mitzvot. Rambam in Hilchot Shuvah expounds on the mitzvah of loving Hashem. The proper love is that one should have love for Hashem with the greatest love, the strongest, to the extent that his soul is bound up in the love of Hashem. And the person thinks of this constantly, as if he is sick with love where his mind is not free of the love of a woman, and he thinks of her constantly, whether he sits or gets up, or when he is eating or drinking. More than this should be the love of Hashem in the hearts of those who love him, who think of their love always, as he commands us, with all your hearts and with all your soul. As King Shlomo articulates, for I am sick with love. The Dibno Magid, a disciple of the Baal Shem Tov, gives an analogy wherein a certain villager brought a garment back to the tailor who made it and screamed that it was the wrong size. The tailor looked at the villager and burst out laughing. The villager had put new garments on top of his old tattered suit. The same is true with love. Love can only fill the space in a pure heart. If a person's heart is filled with dirt, then they can't fill it with love. This is what Chazal said in Sifri. Do you not know how to love? These words shall be on your heart. This means that you actually have to make a place in your heart for these words, clearing away Tumah, spiritual impurity, and the Sitra Achra. This action is the one to fill your soul and bring you a taste of supernal love. Closing one's eyes to the physical world and tapping into Tevekut, clinging to the oneness, is what's needed in order to connect to what is beyond our purview. To pursue a real connection with the divine, it's essential that we pause from our constant battle against time and reflect on what is beyond time. The proclamation of the Shema and Hashem's oneness is meant as a reminder that all is God, so all is good. Our task is to put emunah, faith, and bitachon, trust, in the truth of the Shema and the Baruch Hashem, to release control that we think we have, and sing out that all is in Hashem's control, except our love of Him, which is left to each of us to recite with all your hearts, and with all your souls, and with all your might. Dive in deeper.